Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, TalkZone.com, two guys at a bike, thanks for joining us, beautiful, beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago, lots of sports to talk about, we will as per always jump off the sports page as well, checking out a lot of other stories over the weekend that was, look forward to some interesting uh, stuff coming up this week, and of course the big dog and the coach will wax poetic as we always do, and invite you the listener to uh, wax along with us, if you will. Part of the experience, of course, is enjoying the fine music here at thetalkzone.com. So for the next 8.5 seconds, listen to the finest David Olson could put together. Sounds very similar to the finest David Olson put together uh, at the end of Friday's show and Thursday's show and Wednesday's show. If you like the music, you got to stick with it. Re- repete, por favor. I think would be the Spanish term for it, but uh, here we are. Here we are, another weekend. Uh, you get that much closer to football. If you remember Friday's show, we got all excited at the start of the show, thinking the next Friday will be Beat the Schmoes, our first annual prediction game as the college football season will kick off next weekend. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, let's welcome in, without further, Joseph Adu. And is Joseph Adu still playing, by the way? I haven't seen or heard so him in it. Joseph Adu is going to give the Colts seven great football games this year. All right, because I haven't heard him on any of the uh, fantasy list. But, ladies and gentlemen, without Joseph Adu in his seven great football games this year, let me welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Joel, how hey, are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, Coach. Now, uh, just throwing <laughs> this out there, do you play fantasy sports? You do, why would you be looking at fantasy lists? I, I do not play. We talked about this. I don't yeah, play. I don't, that's but why, why you just uh, haven't seen him on any fantasy lists. Well, I, I can't help but be somewhat educated by it because I listen to sports talk radio. I watch some of the sports on TV, and half the discussion is not about the games, but it's about the fantasy drafts the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it, that bothers me. That really bothers me. But how about, anyways, I'm going to start a league, and I want you and David Olson to be in my my fantasy football league. you got to be in one league ever in your life so at least you understand the competitiveness. And you'll yeah. see you'll see people like my idiot friend Russ Cutright and and Big John Palladia <laughs> argue. I mean, Big John Palladia, that man, he was making fun of my friend for uh, for being a virgin at 28. I mean, the stuff that happens, yeah. Coach, you, you might want to join just one year and quit right. just so you understand the competitiveness. You know what? I will say this, David Olson. I, don't, I can't speak for David. But if I'm going to do it a first time, uh-huh. I would like to do it with Joel. Oh, that's, that's nice, Coach. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Fantasy I'm, football, I, that's what I'm talking about, fantasy games. My league's going to be in huge, Coach. I usually get, like, I get a lot of people in my league. So, yeah. we'll just, we'll just, so I, just right. one, I just was surprised that you said the fantasy football list. But this time of year is, without a doubt, my favorite time of the year. It's starting to cool down from the hot summer here in Chicago. The mm-hmm. leaves start changing. The Midwest is beautiful, okay? And unlike a lot of people who are diehard football fans, just like me, I don't forget about baseball because September and October are the best months of the baseball season. So trust me, coach, a lot of people turn the page and they, 
oh, what happened in the World Series? You know, th- that ain't me. I'm going to watch mm-hmm. both of these sports all the way down to that. I, this is my favorite time of year period. Yeah, I'm with you on the uh, baseball front as well. Let us not forget, even though our Chicago teams don't appear to be in it, we'll talk about the White Sox as they... Uh... The, the White Sox haven't turned it around yet, Coach? Speaking of turn the page, they haven't gotten it together. Well, they, you know, they're 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 still in the hunt. Hey, six games back, lot 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 stranger things have happened in that big sweep over the Seattle Mariners over the weekend. Big don't, don't turn that page just yet. Yeah, I was I was I was kidding around, Coach. I was, yes. Yeah, I just I, I really don't see them making a move. I really don't because the Tigers are going to win at least twenty percent of their games the rest of the way because uh, mm-hmm. Justin Verlander pitches every fifth day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he won his twentieth uh, game over the weekend. I think the major leagues first. 20 game winner and there's 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 not going to be too many he might be the only 20 game winner this year uh coach he will definitely not be the only 20 game winner this year but he's definitely the first yep. and he will have the most wins in baseball but ian kennedy has 17 wins already for the diamondbacks that kid is phenomenal so uh cc sabathia has 17 wins Mm-hmm. They're going to need him to keep on pumping some wins. I think John Lester has 16. So there's, this could be a crazy year where there's there could be up to like four or five players that win 20 games. Mm-hmm. All right, so two guys that a mic as excited as we are about football, folks. We aren't going to forget the fine sport of baseball. Uh, we will remember that. We also don't want to forget, Big Dog, as we talk about the uh, great weather here in the Midwest. I don't want to forget our good friends on the Eastern Shoreboard. Uh, Eastern Shore, rather, uh, who got hit by Hurricane Irene. We do want to pass on our good wishes to them. I know a lot of places right now in the recovery mode, the flooding seems to be, as I predicted, as I predicted, the, the biggest of the concerns. But beautiful weather here, but our thoughts do go out to the fine folks battling the remnants of Hurricane Miss Irene. Where's, where's it flooding at, Coach? Pardon me? Where's it flooding at? Where's what? Where's it flooding at? Wedding. Flooding. Oh, flooding! I'm sorry. I thought you said you threw me a car. I thought you know my hearing's going bad. Where's the wedding? I'm like, huh? What? What? Yeah, uh, normally, well, normally where is the flooding? The flooding is from Vermont to New York, all the way down to uh, you know North Carolina. There's flooding everywhere. Vermont, I think, really, really hit a bit. Saw some pictures yesterday. It looked like, you know, I was just up in. Uh, we took our vacation, went to Yosemite National, and they had the waterfalls and the rapids. Uh-huh. That's some of the streets in Vermont looked exactly like some of the rapids and waterfalls that uh, we saw in Yosemite. Wow! See, I would always think that a hurricane—the worst thing you're worried about—are 85 mile an hour wind. No, no, you know, no, no, no. That's nothing. It's 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 the flooding that you got to worry about. Okay. Well, and trees falling. Yeah. Because yeah, apparently yeah. that area, New York, Vermont, especially the higher you go up, had been hit pretty heavy by rain during the month of August. So the roots were already. Not firmly entrenched, so now you get the 85 now on the mile an hour wind, big dog, and you got uh, trees being uprooted. Never a very comforting thing. And then, and then they, uh, and then the trees get uprooted, hit some cable wires, some yes. electric cable wires, and now you have a flood. So now you basically have an arc lamp, which is a whole entire street, and yep. everybody can get fried out. Yeah. What was it? Four million people without power. It was, it was the last count. That's unbelievable. Yeah. How, how much longer before is it going to get? Is it like a day before it gets back on? Is it one of those things a where week. they're talking like a, a week? week. They're, they're, they're talking a week to ten days for some people. Ooh. I mean, there, there are areas like in Vermont that he mentioned where people are living on islands that their bridges got washed away and they're trapped on the islands. Yeah, and, they, and there were roads that uh, looked like basically looked like an earthquake had hit. Yep. Yep. I mean, pretty much cracked up roads. So there are the, uh, there are remnants that will uh, linger. 
unfortunately, for a while, Big Dog. A lot of the folks at court can't listen to us. They don't have power now. But if you are listening in that particular area and you can pass on our thoughts, I know two guys in a mic is probably not their primary uh, concern right now, Big Dog. But nevertheless, we pass on our thoughts. Well, hopefully they can still get Internet. Let's hope so. I mean, because if you can't get the Internet, I mean, if you don't have, I mean, I guess they would have to have a mobile because you really couldn't have Internet if you had no uh, electricity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Is there an an app for our show yet? I don't know. I'll I'll talk to my app guy. Because I need to find an app guy. I'm just getting into the whole app thing. So uh, if you could have your app guy talk to my app guy, maybe they could do lunch or something. But uh, that's what we need. We need an app out there for two guys and a mic. People are bored, you know, wandering through their little iPod. You you pop on the two guys and a mic, and we're off and running. Yeah, sounds good, Coach. I like that. Thank you. I like that, yeah. Talk to, your app yeah, talk to your app guy. Have him get back to me. Uh, all right, Big Dog, but uh, sounds like you had a heck of a weekend. I know you've been uh, busy giving tours out there in the Chicago River. No flooding, thank goodness, on the Chicago River. Beautiful weekend out there. Hopefully you use your sunscreen, SP45 or SP30, And um, but all's good. Any any stories of woe to tell? You know, I, I've got a, a, I got a couple of really good stories, but it's funny that you said the the sunscreen. I forgot it one day. Uh-oh. I remember it the next day, and I got those spray bottles, spray sunscreen. The only way to go, people. Yeah, That's I love the, the spray. Love the spray. Yeah, and well, I forgot to lock the top of it. You know, and I have the backpack. Yeah. I put the, the the sunscreen, the spray one, in the bag, brand new. Only <laughs> used it once. Okay, throw all of my clothes in there. Don't realize that it pushes down the top, right? <laughs> well, I take my 20-minute bike ride there, and I grab the sunscreen. I go to put it on, nothing's coming out. I'm like, did this thing break? And then I look into the bag, and I shook the can. I realized the whole thing had emptied uh. into my into my bag. My clothes smelled like gasoline. There was so much alcohol, <laughs> and it was it was bad. Okay, uh. but was something I, I did something really cool this weekend. On Saturday, I went to the sports comedy show on Belmont because I have heard about it, and people raved about it. Mm-hmm. I go there, go there with a the girlfriend, it's a $20 ticket, okay, go to the 10 o'clock show, and, you know, they have a bar, and basically, you know, you go to the bar, and then you go into the show, and it's a bunch of tables, and people go up on stage, and they compete against each other in comedy. It's not about sports whatsoever. It's a legitimate... Yeah, this religion. is uh, S-P-O-R-T-Z, right? What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. that one. Yeah, exactly. I've, seen, I've seen that ever. Never gone, but I've always wondered, okay. Okay, so I, I go there, and I see somebody get a drink, you know, they're like, hey, that's... Uh, uh, not bad. The prices are seven for regular, ten for premium, and they got Jack Daniels and Gentleman Jack. And I'm like, are you trying to tell me that regular Jack Daniels is like the regular? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So they have collector cups, coach. So I decided to buy the collector cup so I can get a dollar off the drinks the rest of that because all I had to do was drink three drinks and I'd make my money back. The guy's like, oh, you got a collector cup, huh? I'm like, yeah, I have a jacket and nose on the rocks. He filled the whole entire thing up. My girlfriend just shook her head. She's like, I complete. She's like, are you going to drink that whole thing? All I know is the best bar in the city of Chicago. So for a $20 cover, yeah. you can go in. I mean, all night it was like this. I talked to other guys and, and people in the area, and every person said, this is without question the craziest pour I've ever had. People were having so much fun. It's it's really like a cult little thing going on in the city. Everybody had a blast, Coach. It was phenomenal. So I would the, definitely encourage to go there with some of your like more wilder friends, and you'd have a really good time. Uh-huh. Interesting. And they do it uh, every day of the week? Oh, not every day, but it's definitely over the weekends. Uh-huh. I, I'm not sure I didn't set any of it up, 
girlfriend was like, hey, you're going out with me on, on Saturday night. I'm like, okay. It's your time, Coach. Was the comedy good? It was, it was Most of it was really funny. Okay. But see, the thing is, is they're competing against each other. So imagine, like, uh, they'll ask the crowd, all right, we're going to uh, have them name as many uh, types of beers as possible. And then they just start naming, and then, but it ends up being extremely funny. Mm-hmm. Just the way how it's. They have a referee. He comes out. It's kind of like the MC. Mm-hmm. The referee was really good on the during the sports comedy part. But it was funny because my girlfriend wanted to stay for the after show, which is like the dirty one, okay? And he was in that, and he was with five other people, and he was nowhere near as good as the other four. But it was funny when he was the referee. He was phenomenal. Wasn't that kind of strange? I went that way. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you don't act. You, you can be the decision maker and not the people that are actually putting out the production. It's a lot easier to, you know, it's a lot easier to grade the paper than write the paper, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, those, yeah. those who can do, those who can't teach, right? Well, he wasn't bad at all, but it yeah. was just funny how he like, well, I was like, wow, he dropped a couple of nuts. <laughs> but there were, there were two guys, because uh, they had a dirty one afterwards. It, it's been like really nasty. It doesn't get crazy. It's just a simple fact that, they let people know they're going to swear and stuff, so mm-hmm. I don't want to mislead you. Yeah. Like during the the sports comedy show, they it's no swearing, but they do. I don't know it's pretty good. It's, it's really intelligent, but it's pretty funny. I think I've seen that troupe go on the road and do like performances at a school or a function or something like that. I think I hope I'm not getting them mixed up with anybody else. And the the few times I've seen them uh, off. Their normal home venue that you're talking about, Big Dog, they weren't that good. Okay. So maybe it's maybe it's when you're in your home venue and people have had you know three glassfuls of uh, Jack Daniels, it probably sound a little bit better. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> I'm gonna have to agree with you 100. percent Yeah, I want to tell you, I now the the girlfriend made me sit front and center in the front row. Ooh, that's dangerous. So, yeah. Okay. And I have to admit, I was having such a good day and just enjoying. Because uh, I just ate some really good Mexican food and drank a pitcher of margarita. So I was, like, in a real, real good mood. I think it helped liven up the whole area around us. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. And I, and I think it, we created a little – because, trust me, they, like, uh, they were running to me whenever I needed anything. It was pretty cool. Was so, the pitcher of margaritas before or after the three glasses of Jack Daniels? Oh, it was before. <laughs> we went to a place – you ever go to Caesars on, on Clark? I don't think so. Oh, it's phenomenal, Coach. Phenomenal. Good Mexican food? Yeah, it's phenomenal That's... Mexican food. It's the place that has the massive uh, neon-like sign that says Killer Margaritas okay. on it. And it's the, basically the place is so good that they keep on buying the, the business next to it so they can uh-huh. expand the restaurant. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's on so Clark's... Like every year they buy another business. So. On Clark Street? What, what's it called? Uh, Caesar's. Caesar. Caesar's, whatever. Interesting. Okay. And it's just south of Belmont. On the west side of Clark Street, mm-hmm. and you know I had passed it a million times in my life, and I'd always eat at El Hardin's and drink those margaritas. And I have to admit, I, I now I'm torn. I'm really <laughs> torn up, Coach. I will have to check that place out, no question about it. By the way, you mentioned the after show. Me and Noel, uh, David Olson have been in, in discussions, possibly of doing a two guys in a mic after show, Big Dog. Maybe like just a 15 minute extension. I don't know if we want to interrupt the prayer show or the uh, beauty pageant that follows us, but what do you think? The two guys in the mic after show? I think it might work. Uh, not bad, Coach. Not bad, especially like if you're talking like cigars and, and cognacs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. We could pass well, out. I, you know, I never watch any of those. 
stick around so you can and, uh, like go to the net and check us out. Uh, yeah. What do people do during after shows? Literally, what, what goes on? The only one I've really watched a couple times and only via on demand. I didn't go to the internet. Is the Bill Maher? Uh, what's the What's the show we love so much? Real, real, real time. time. Real time. I go to the after show there, and it's basically lasts about five minutes. They just take questions from the crowd. It's nothing. Nothing to be excited about. Certainly no reason to rush over to your computer and go on the Internet. Yeah, it's funny that you watch that one because out of all the shows, I, that would always be the one that I'd want to watch after show because I would yeah. assume that maybe they they got even a little bit, uh, you know, yeah. opened up even a little bit more, yeah. you know, when they weren't. I don't, I don't know how interesting the sports is going to be the next year and a half, Big Dog. My guess is pretty good, no lack of things to talk about, one-hour show, but I, I can almost guarantee as the political scene, and for those new to the show here, for, for those that have listened, of course, you know that me and the dog will jump off the sports page uh, early and often here on the Two Guys in a Mike show. I can almost guarantee the next month or next year and, what is it, a couple of months before the 2012 election, there will be no lack of things to talk about in the political spectrum. This oh. might be, figures to be the most entertaining election campaign, primaries, et cetera, et cetera, that we possibly have ever had in our lifetime. No, no, it's going to be the scariest. Coach. Well, yeah, it, it can be scary and it can be entertaining at the same time. I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever, to be honest with you. I, I'm afraid that the people are going to be elected. Uh, the, the circumstances that this country is going through right now, I don't want to be a pessimist whatsoever, but I don't know. I just, we really need all of us to like uh, take accountability, I guess. Everyone, especially uh, the people that are running this country. They got to quit selling. They got to quit selling out our country. I mean, I don't understand why things like we have to borrow a hundred billion dollars or a hundred million dollars from China so we can give them a hundred million dollars in in a grant. Mm-hmm. Why does stuff like this happen? If somebody is paid off somewhere, coach, did the deals like that don't make any sense? And this country has to quit doing stuff like that. This the, the upcoming election is the most important in the history of this planet. I'm, Seriously, where the, the United States of America goes with paying back this debt and making sure we don't create any stupid debt, like borrowing from China so we can give them grant money, and then them charging us interest on it. Mm-hmm. The, the stuff like that doesn't make any sense, so it has to end. But yeah, and it's more than just uh, that. What I just the said. debt, there's... and it's more than just the economy, too. It's what's going on worldwide right now is there's major regime changes and all kinds of shakiness uh you know, in other parts of the world and how the United States is seen in this and how we deal with this, that's going to play a major part of it uh, as well. Well, no matter what, we're going to be the bad guy, Coach. Okay? No matter uh, what we do, you got to understand that there's a certain part of the world, and I'm talking about Muslims in the Middle East, that their whole media coverage is Al Jazeera. You think Fox News is bad? Okay. They will paint the U.S. as being a criminal no matter what the United States does, Coach. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, I... instead of thinking about what is right, sometimes, uh, which, which the United States should do, mind you, okay? But you also have to think about what's real. Even if we do what's right, you, the fanatics aren't going to realize that we actually did the right thing. They're going to be thinking, oh, we have to, you know, in the name of Allah, we have to make mm-hmm. sure we bring down the United States of America. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe there's it, it, there's going to be some negativity. Maybe there's there's levels of how much that negativity that our country has looked at. Uh, but the thing is, we must do what's right. So in the long run, 
we can say we yes. were right because we did the right thing. Right. Well, you of know, course, so. there's, there's going to we don't have time to get into it today, but there's much disagreement on what the quote unquote right thing is to do. Mm-hmm. You know what we need to do is we need to check in, uh, get a hold of our guy from WIRQ Radio, David Olson. I don't know if you can uh, plug him in today, but maybe in the upcoming week uh, from uh, Sports Talk Radio in Iraq, the number one rated station, WIRQ. Who's our guy again? I forgot his name. Uh, El Zayer Zayet. Yeah, El Zayer Zayet. The only problem is, Coach, he's had to, he's had to switch his Twitter handle about 50 <laughs> times. Otherwise, you know, they'll get him. Okay, so that's, that's the problem. That's probably why we haven't been able to get a hold of him. Yeah, I mean, we got to switch handles so many times. Yeah, he's a whenever you can get him, he's a good listen, a good interview. El Zayer Zayed, folks, if you're new to the show, one of our many uh, slightly off the beaten track guests. You're not going to get him on ESPN or Fox Sports, but uh, WIRQ, Iraq's number one sports talk radio station. Not bad, big dog. Not bad. No, El, Z- no. El Zayer does a heck of a job. You know, you know, you're talking about Iraq and El Zayer Zayed now. There's a movie out there that I have to see. The people, I know one person who saw it and said it was phenomenal. It's called The Devil's Double. It's a it's a true story. Yes. Have you heard of this movie? I have. About it's the guy about who's... Um, Udi it? Hussein. It's about yep. Udi Hussein and the, his lookalike. Yep. And Udi Hussein has this guy like play his double. Yep. And, and the guy does not want to. No, not at first. He doesn't want to, but they make him an offer he can't refuse, and he has to be the double in... This is uh, Saddam Hussein's uh, brother or son? Brother. Son. 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 Yes, I, which, which I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I'm almost. I know its name it was the Udi one, and I'm pretty sure Udi was the guy that was in charge Soccer. of the yeah of all sports in yep. Iraq. He was like the yep. the sports star. Yep. And he would cut off hands of people if they like did something bad on the soccer field. Like if they cost him a game with an own goal, you were oh, dead. Yeah. It was yeah. like you were in Colombia. Yeah, we we talked about that many times on our, our radio show. You talk about a team playing under pressure. I don't think any team ever played under more pressure than the Iraqi soccer team because of the exact reason you just stated. I'm going to say the Colombian uh, soccer team also when uh, Pablo Escobar was was financed the whole team without question. It's yeah. the same. It's the same exact level, coach. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know when your life is at stake in a game, you make a mistake. Not just your team losing a championship game, but uh, you might lose your life. That's Obviously, uh, pressure to a ridiculous point, but a true story in those two particular cases. But the movie you're talking about does sound fascinating, and, and it's a true story. And the guy didn't want to do it, but basically was forced to. Otherwise, his family was going to be endangered. And he's yeah. got to stand in and be the double, basically, in any dangerous situation in case someone wants to take a shot at Udo or Udi. Mm-hmm. So they'd put the double in in place of him. How sick is that? Yeah, and... Uh, for- I, I cannot wait to see this movie because, from what I understand, that the guy starts taking advantage of the fact that he's uh, Udo Hussein's lookalike, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I mean, I really got to see this. But it's it's getting rave reviews. But typical uh, America people are going out and rushing to still see Transformers 3D. You know what I mean? They're lining out the doors for that. And this movie was getting rave reviews. Can't even get into a movie theater. What is the uh, what's the name of the movie? The Devil. Devil's Double. The Devil's Double. And I'm sure uh-huh. Paul Rudd probably plays the part of uh, Udi Hussain. <laughs> He's yeah. in every movie now, isn't he? Guy's doing everything else. He might as well play that, too. Uh, like my idiot brother, I will definitely watch that in bits and pieces in about a year and a half yes. from now. It does look entertaining, but uh, I read uh, very disappointing. 
Very disappointing opening for the Idiots Brothers starring Paul Rudd. I think the quote was, we were looking at a home run, and we barely got an infield single. You know what it is? I think they gave away way too much of the movie in the the promos. They didn't promote it right. It looks like, oh, there's the whole movie. That's cute. Eventually, you'll have an awakening at the end. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that movie just, just I don't know. sold itself out. To me, it was one of those classic movies that I don't need to pay 10 bucks to see, but I do. I actually keep a list because my memory is so shot. Now I list everything. I'm a listaholic, but I, have a, cool. I keep a list of movies I want to watch when they come out, but you don't need necessarily to go to a theater to see Idiot's Brother. Yeah, that's exactly, that's just like, I, you know, I talked to the girlfriend, and she's like, well, what movie do you want to see? She's like, you know, I want to see The, the Crazy Stupid Love. And I'm like, that's really not a theater movie i was like i'll see it so anyways the only movie they i've been going to see more movies now than i have ever in my entire life coach yeah well that's and well so i went out and saw it but cowboys and aliens oh that was brutal and? yeah and you yeah. know i'm all about the fact that we've been contacted on this planet mm-hmm. previously and i do think there's unexplained parts of human history like do you really believe that human history started uh, 3500 BC with the Sumerians in Iraq, coach. Do you really believe those were the first human beings ever? I, I'm a firm believer in the we don't know philosophy. Okay, well there you go. That's my point. So, and I also think just just to throw this out there, they have found uh, see the movie Cowboys and Aliens, which is I, I, it's right up my alley. But they totally, I thought, just swung and missed. That's why I was really disappointed with the movie. But they talk about how other aliens have come here to find our gold, to actually take gold out of Earth and bring it back to their uh, yeah. to their planet. That's the silliest, silliest thing I've ever heard. They have, yeah, I know that's uh, obviously, yeah. They have found that there are different gold mines on this planet that are over 100,000 years old. So unless gorillas or monkeys were making gold mines 100,000 years ago, why would... So that I really do believe ancient aliens have come here and have taken gold off of our planet, coach. You think that's the silliest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, I do. Really, yep, honestly. Yep, yep. I, that's without very... even looking into anything, you believe it's there's yes. no possible way. So, how can we have a hundred thousand year old gold mine in South Africa? The whole concept of the the alien concept is, in my particular opinion, just uh, uh, human beings trying to create some kind of semblance of the. Unknown to put some reality to the unknown aliens coming to our planet. You know, there is a vast unknown out there, big dog. Again, in my particular opinion, but it has nothing to do with aliens or any man-made versions of it. There's something beyond us that, in my opinion, is so far beyond our reasoning. Not only can we not talk about it, I'm not even sure we have the wherewithal to think about it. But the concept of aliens coming to the planet, no. Well, see, see, I think what you're missing here is now there's different dimensions. Oh. And then we're going to get way out there. Oh, we're not getting way out for people, but there are more than just uh, the four dimensions that we're taught about, you know, like in, in school. I didn't know there was four dimensions. Okay, well, there's like the three dimensions of the things that you can see and then what you are too, which would be the space around you. So that would be four dimensions. Okay. By the way, but, I heard in the fifth dimension the Cubs win the pennant in 2013. That's the problem. We're in the wrong dimension, Coach. That's what I'm trying to get you. <laughs> There's many people who, like, um, recently, you know how everyone thought, like, the smallest thing was the quark. The quark was smaller than, like, which made up electrons, and electrons and, and neutrons, which are what protons, make up uh, atoms, and then atoms make up molecules. You know? Well, they say the thing that is smaller than the quark 
uh, it's just a vibration. They have something called the single string theory now, Coach. Yes. Which basically means that everything, everything is just made out of little tiny things that vibrate in different frequencies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what makes us everything on the planet. Well, since they figured this out, they're starting to realize that not only are there more than four dimensions, there could be up to 26 different dimensions. Oh, boy. So what you're talking about, I completely understand, but for you to just hoity-toity and figure, no, there's no possible way that there are other beings in this universe that could have possibly been on our planet is, uh, to be quite honest with you, I, I really think you should have more of an open mind on it, Coach. Okay. That's just the, the concept of the other beings. Uh, there are other beings on this, in this universe. Yeah, I guess are. it depends on your definition of other beings. The, I guess what I'm trying to say is the other beings aren't anything like we picture in our head. They're really not. No, 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 the aliens that I picture look exactly like human beings. That's what I'm, I'm well, trying so, to tell okay. you. That, well, that's, yes, there's that's, other... that's where you and me would disagree uh, on a vast, with a vast expanse in the in-between. Okay, and, there's, and just to figure out, I have to say that there is at least 100 billion galaxies in this universe, at least that many. And each one of those galaxies have, on average, about, what, 100 billion planets in it? So... Mm-hmm. I would, or 100 billion stars. So, you know, all I'm saying is there's other life in this universe. Though. Really? And you think it actually looks like human life? No, well, well, there definitely is another spot, and it's going to be, uh, you know, where uh, Orion's belt is. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see the the constellation Orion? Yeah. Well, there's three stars in there. Uh, but well, not three stars. There's basically three galaxies. The one in the middle is the Sirius galaxy. S I R I U S. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are many different megalithic structures on our planet, including the Great Pyramids of Giza, that actually, not only are they arranged, like the three pyramids of Giza, do you know the major ones I'm talking about? They are aligned on the ground in the exact same pattern that Orion's belt is. Okay, and in the Great One, there's one chamber that walks all the way to the top, and when it goes to the top, there's a 90-foot corridor that was, excuse me, that's 360 pyramid inches, excuse me. And it goes all the way up towards Sirius, and it points directly at that star coach. Okay? And there are other buildings around the I mean, around the world that do exactly the same thing. How does this happen? And they're built like 15 to 25,000 years apart, coach. And they're all the same. They're all built with the exact same diameter around on the outside, too. Right. You're, you're starting, so, just beginning to make a non-believer of me, Big Dad. That's some pretty solid. I'm not sure I thoroughly well, no, I, understood okay. all that, but uh, a little bit creeping. I'm not ready to go your way, but you're 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 making some inroads. Just let's show. There's this guy by the name of George Sukalos, who's like he's a he's like my hero, but coach is the best way I can explain it. But he's a uh, uh, he's a historian and an archaeologist, and he goes all around the world, and mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out what the history of humankind is before Sumerians. Obviously, I really don't think Sumerians were the first human beings on this planet. So, just like you, trying to figure out what happened. Who said Sumerians? Help me out with my history. I gotta take how a you got to understand how important this is to me, Coach. How did Sumerians so, become the first uh, human? I thought we were talking evolution from... No, no, no. I'm not talking evolution. I'm talking about the recorded history of mankind. My quest in life is to find out the true history of humankind. If you really believe that, I'm saying the first humans were Sumeria in Garden of Eden in Iraq in 
3500 BC. I just want to find out the because we have no recorded history of humankind before that at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you can say that without question, you can prove that like there were Native Americans in the in the in the United States 10,000 BC. Okay, and they have all the you know the arrowheads and all that, but like written like written style of uh, history, like oh this was. Who ran this part of the world? It's so, very difficult. Just to get it clear, though, this theory is in complete differentiation with the evolution theory. Then, right? This is—is is this what the? No, Christ- no. Why am I, what, either either you believe that mankind was created and Earth was created, okay, fifty-five hundred years ago, okay. okay, or you believe that somewhere, somehow, uh, the evidence that mankind is older than fifty-five hundred years is being suppressed by somebody. And there's a link. There's got to be some type of link between, I mean, you know, there's buildings in Japan, megalithic buildings, okay, that are just underneath the water. Like, legitimately, like, the tips of these things are, like, 50 feet below the water, and they're right along, like, not exactly Ono's shoreline, but right along, uh, like, uh, Japan's shoreline. These things are massive. and They're 25,000 years old. Mm-hmm. These are made by mankind, okay, right off of, you ever heard of uh, uh, Bibini Island? Bimini in yeah. uh, okay, heard of well, it. Heard of it, they have the one they have the one walkway, and just a mile west of that are massive megalithic structures all along the same designs of like uh, the Great Pyramids of Giza, and also the Mayan structures. And you know, there's like a, there's a, a megalithic structure in Illinois that nobody ever talks about. The base of it is exactly the same size of the Great Pyramid of Giza, perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, nobody ever really talks about though. You know, there's a pyramid in Illinois. Oh really? But no one ever talks about this. Now stuff. give me give me the timeline because the, you know maybe this will be uh, in addition to talking about the uh, wonderful world of sports, which is what our uh, mission is to do here in the Two Guys in a Mike Show. Maybe we can uncover some of the mysteries of the universe using your vast array of knowledge. Give me the timeline again. Now you said this, this the the who the Sumerians? Okay, the Sumerians, which are in Iraq. Why okay, are they in now? Iraq? Honestly, Coach, did you go to high school and study history? I don't remember any of this. Okay, well, the Sumerians were, are the first recorded. Like nobody can really honestly have like written proof that there were civilization. Okay, we you can prove that there were like Indians and stuff here in the in the United States mm-hmm. in in like you know ten thousand BC. Okay, okay, but uh, like the last written recorded history is the Sumerians. Okay, and that's. It's kind of funny. The Bible says, oh, they, they came from the Garden of Eden, and it started at exactly the same time. So there's always been, like, this cross-reference cross, cross reference of different religions trying to claim they started it and all this other crap. That's, okay. that's, that's still where I'm trying to get it, get in now. So you've got the Christian religion that believes in the, the Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, and so, just, like the, the, just like Judaism. Okay. Okay. And so they would, like, so they would like not agree the with these. They would not agree with the Sumerians in 3500 B.C.? No, they, they absolutely would, Coach. That, this is what I'm trying to tell you. This is, this is their story, okay? Okay. All the major religions first started 5,500 years ago, and the Sumerians were the first people on the planet, okay? That's, that's like their story. So there were 2,000, 2000 hey, years where there was no people. people. What's that? 2,000 years where there was no people at all. Coach, they're trying to tell you that the Earth started then and the Sumerians are the first. That's what it's, right. it's as simple as that. You said the Earth started fifty five hundred BC. 
No, no, no. Thirty five hundred BC, fifty five hundred years ago. Oh, fifty. Okay. Okay, that's the story. You know the whole story, Adam and Eve. You know that one. Yeah, I'm somewhat familiar. Okay, that's well. Since the Marians have the oldest recorded history on the planet, okay. Now you don't 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 think too hard about this. Okay. okay? That, that is the <laughs> oldest recorded like civilization on the planet in terms of language. And, and stuff. Even though they're finding megalithic structures a lot older than 5,500 years old, they're finding mm-hmm. them 25,000 years old, 100,000 years old, okay? Uh, they, they find them in Bolivia, they find them all over. The, the point is, uh, when it comes to Sumerians, you know, they have written proof, they have tablets, they have, uh, they have kings, uh, you know, they have all kinds of things, they have a recorded history. And what a coincidence that all three major religions said, Oh yeah, it started. This is where the Earth started. Blah blah blah, and all the story goes from there. But the, see, the thing is, there's buildings in in Cambodia that are well older than 5,500 years. There's buildings in China well older than that. So now, like, there's there's arguments over what happened. So either do you believe that the Earth started 5,500 years ago, or do you believe that maybe the Sumerians aren't the first recorded history in in mankind? Maybe there is something older than the Sumerians. But like, if you tell that to some people. They won't even let you teach that in American schools mm-hmm. because, oh no, that could be that's blasphemy to the Christian religion. That's blasphemy to Judaism. I mean, it's blasphemy to Muslim, to being a Muslim or being to Islam. Coach, that is, there's a major war going on in education where people don't want to teach real science and possibly the fact that there might be something greater on our planet than uh, oh, but but you, you're gonna mess with our religion because if the Samarians aren't the first people on the history of the planet, our religion doesn't mean anything. And just just to clarify, to make sure I haven't completely gone off to my rocker, Professor Joe Radwanski joining us here in the Two Guys in a Mic show. All of this is in complete differentiation with those of the evolution theory, correct? Yeah, obviously, because okay. we didn't start evolving 5,500 years ago, Coach. The Earth is a lot older than fifty. As a matter of fact, the Earth is about five billion years old, mm-hmm. and I would have to say that mankind has been here at least one hundred and thirty thousand years. Is what I would have to say, and I don't think we just started writing fifty five hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Just to throw it out there, I don't think we were just swinging in trees for the last for the first hundred and twenty five thousand right. so years of, of mankind's history. So we got two opposite, uh, two very different philosophies of how it all began: mm-hmm. the evolutionists versus the can we call them the creationists, the people that believe the Sumerians were the first? Yeah, yeah, that's, okay. yeah, that's the creationists. That's exactly what I'm okay. talking about. I'm not just putting Christians in there, Coach. I'm putting, uh, I'm putting anybody that is not open to the idea that this, uh, that mankind is older than 5,500 years old. Mm-hmm. As far as anybody who believes that we started 5,500 years ago, quite honestly, to me, I, I just realized that that person is in a shell. Now, you, you alluded to a little bit the, uh, you know, teaching science and education. You tend to, eh, I guess, depicting you as a liberal in this particular area would not exactly be the correct um, political spectrum for you. But where do you fall in the evolution versus creationism argument that you're talking about here, if in fact you want to call it an argument? Did you really just ask me that question? Have you been listening to me talk for the last 20 minutes? Obviously Mankind was not created 5,500 years ago, Coach. Okay? I can't be... It is deep in my soul. This is like one of the biggest arguments that I've had in my whole entire life. When I when I talk to people who honestly argue this against me, 
I almost feel sorry for him, really. It's, it's, it's almost because legitimately to be that closed off, to n- not even figure that there's so much history on our planet and evidence that mankind has been here for longer than 5,500 years. Right. And, it, and, it, and it, honestly, Coach, I really do feel like there's been like a suppression. Like, so if anybody even talks about the fact that, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, these megalithic crust structures that are right off the coast of Bimini Island, you know, they had to be, these are at least 25,000 years old, so mankind had to have been here, 20, you know, 25,000 years ago. There's no way animals created these structures. Uh, there are areas in Bolivia, so Coach. Why, if you, if, but if you believe in the theory of creationism, why... All right, so we were wrong. It wasn't 3,500 years ago, it was, you know... 8,500 years ago. We were wrong okay, on the well, that date. Means but that's the Bible that has all these facts and specifics is completely wrong. Okay? And then what do you do? Uh-oh. This book that's been worshipped for uh, 5,000 years and 2,000 years for a different book, mm-hmm. that's totally wrong. Completely wrong. So maybe even if the basis of when it happened and all other stuff, then maybe everything else is wrong about it. And then I have other, I have other people that tell me stuff like, "Well, I, I, Abraham was 900 years old, Joel. That's why." And I was like, "Oh, come on, are you kidding me?" Like stuff, like arguments like that, you know. So, and, and you realize what the, what a creationist is, Coach? Based, I, I don't want to get get started. I want to like start offending people, Coach, because it's. it's <laughs> By the way, Governor Rick Perry, potential Republican candidate for the presidency, I believe his quote is, "Evolution is one of those theories that's out there." He said that? Yeah. Okay. That's our, exactly. That's, that's our why good. when you cover call me a Republican coach or a conservative, I just, I just, I just, I just want to bite my tongue. Okay. Legit. I have to. Okay. Cause I would definitely do, I do not think that way whatsoever yeah. at all. Right. Okay. Well, well, you're politically, you are one that, uh, you know, I tend no, to no, be I fairly consistent. Because you've got such a liberal vent that I just have to have you ease your engines a little bit every once in a while when you start yeah. to get revved up. No, no, no. So yeah, you are, you are, yeah, you're right. You have to temper the lid, but, but you're all over the board depending on the issue. You can be liberal or you can be conservative. But I'm you're consistent, little... by the way. What's that? I'm consistent. Consistent in your inconsistency, yes. No, 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 no. The, the I whole, say that as a compliment. That either a Republican or a Democrat is one of the biggest, one of the dumbest things that uh, has happened to this United States, yeah. and that's a real easy way to can, uh, make a, a political system corrupt and totally controllable. If you can make it a two-party system, is, yeah. is what's happened in our in our society. Yeah, people uh, just vote. I would love to forget independent. Just I'm going to run as an American, as an American citizen. That's what I want to run as. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have my own independent thought. I don't. I'm not. Sold out the drug companies, but you know those people can never be elected. Yeah. So that's well, that's why we've got our new uh, political thing, which I'm working on right now, which I know you will gladly walk hand in hand with me. I have a feeling there's going to be like this ridiculously liberal vent on it, and I, I don't, don't want think anything so. like a, that. I will send you. You're able to. You're able to open up uh, documents. Uh, your computer is updated. Where if I send you something, you'll be able to open it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I will have you look it over. I don't. I think you'll agree. It'll be interesting. We'll have a little discussion on it. David Olson will take part. What we're talking about is uh, what we're calling rat caps. R a a t c p c a p s. Real. No, I'm sorry, not real. We took the real away because that's that's a little bit offensive. Reasonable Americans against the current political system, and we're basically going to come out with some thought processes that we think 
speak to the large, silent majority of Americans out there who, like you, Big Dog, are, are pretty much, I think I can safely use the word, disgusted with the current political scene and the way things are going here in this country. Yeah, you you could even put really disgusted. Yeah. You, yes, Coach. Yeah. And religion, religion, what you're talking about, and I know you wanted to be a convert to uh, my religion, which I started way, way back when I was a teenage kid, before the motorcycle came out that was named the moped, and my religion was called moped, and it stood for my own practiced every day, M-O-P-E-D. I didn't need, and I was semi-serious uh, about this as an 18-year-old, I did never felt the need of a formal religion to tell me what to believe or to have that kind of background. I don't criticize others that do. I just personally didn't, and I developed my own religion, basically, uh, that you had to be in church seven days a week, 24-7. It was M-O-P-E-D, my own practice every day. I, I like that, Coach. Uh, that's, that's one of the greatest ideas that, that I've, I've had you that you sprung on us here <laughs> at the morning break. So, so you want to talk globally? You're talking about like this the upcoming elections, which I guess we've been talking about since you know that's it turned political. Next, you know we're we're talking about teaching what you should teach in schools. But yeah. uh, honestly, we're talking about doing things right. I don't want American politicians to be elected on on forms of faith. Oh, and the, the, because of religion, we're going to do it this way. Just the way I don't want. Uh, an Islamic regime to take over by a bunch of, you know, next thing you know, Syria and, and uh, Egypt, all these countries that are in the Middle East. I know, uh, obviously, Egypt's in Africa, but it's right down the Mediterranean. So mm-hmm. if all these countries all of a sudden get taken over by a radical Islamic fundamentalist, all of a sudden you have, like, a Middle Eastern empire, because when you have a bunch of countries like this that are, are shaky and anything can happen, yeah. Next thing you know, they're going to grab onto religion. We're going to do it in the name of Allah. Next thing you know, you have a, a massive republic, which would be cool if it was all for peace. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. These people have a hatred of the United States, and they're going to can, we're going to continue to be painted as as uh, the bad guy. And if you have somebody to hate, you all of a sudden can group, uh, you know, group a whole region together. So it's really important that the truth keeps on getting out there. If the United States wants to do the right thing. This gets CIA operatives in there all over the place to make sure that Internet access and Twitter accounts can stay open for all these countries so, like, the, the reasonable and smart people in these countries can keep out getting information to people and, yes. and start documenting what's going on. Because if the government can control that over there, then they pretty much could keep people totally in the quiet, in the, in the, in the lurk, and you won't even know what the heck's going on, and then they can take over a whole entire area. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, the right thing to do Forget the bullets. You know, the whole the pen is mightier than the sword. Well, guess what? Twitter's now the pen, Coach. You make sure that their Internet stays open in the Middle East. That is one of the most important things we can do as the United States of America. That's been a primary weapon. What was the first country? Was it Tunisia? That was the first to go down? But that's the first thing they did was eliminate the Internet. Remember, Coach, that's the first thing the government did. But that's also how it started. Via Twitters uh-huh. and via the Facebooks, via the Internet. So you're absolutely uh, correct, my friend. Wow. 47 minutes into the show, Big Dog. We have covered an unbelievable amount of topics, none of which have had anything to do with sports. That leaves you about uh, 11 minutes and 12 seconds to recap a Chicago Bear exhibition game, the baseball over the weekend, including the Little League World Series, dog. I did not get to see it. I still got to watch the replay, but California knocked off Japan, correct? Oh, and the Japanese shortstop who had played phenomenal all series made an error and it yes. that opened the floodgates into the win and run. I felt horrible for that kid. Horrible for the kid. But what a swing by the 
the kid who won it, his name was like, I, I don't Nick, know his name. I Nick don't Prato. Play. What's up? Nick Prato. Yeah, that's it. Nice, short, compact, goes right back up the middle, like in a clutch situation. You know, a kid that totally stayed calm. Well, I mean, that's awesome, Coach. That swing was just a thing of beauty. Tony Gwynn would have been happy with that swing. It was what awesome. A, what a thing to have in your, uh, your, your, I mean, where do you go from there? You're age 12. And you get the game-winning hit against Japan to win the World Series. Whatever else happens in that young man's life, Big Dog, he will always look back at that uh, as you know the greatest highlight of his life. Hopefully, I guess it could come back to Jinxie, but what a phenomenal ending to that game. Two to one. I thought it was going to be a best two out of three, but it was one game, winner take all, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's always been that way, Coach. I guess it has. I got confused yeah. because you know the preliminary rounds, you could actually lose a game. And then come back. California lost, right, to Billings, Montana? Oh, yes. Yeah. So those are the, the determine who the U.S. champion, who the international yeah. champion is. But once that's determined, the international and U.S. champ is the one game, one game. It's a, so it's a double elimination tournament until mm-hmm. you get to the championship game. Yep, yeah, yeah. which is that's what kind of threw me off, kind of odd. Real quick, we got a lot of fans that uh, tuned in to hear the Big Dogs' analysis of Bears Exhibition Game 3. They've been educated on the evolution of mankind, a little bit on religions and uh other countries and a few other things, but they have not heard the big dogs take an exhibition game number three. First of all, which beautiful bar did you watch the game at? Um, I was at uh, Caesars drinking a pitcher of margaritas ah, as the game was on. Lovely. Okay. And I, I didn't. Really, I, I'm going to watch the game today. I got Monday off. I'm going to chill on my couch and watch the Bears game. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, one thing I did notice: Chris Williams, the the guy that was supposed to be the, the tackle and the savior for the Bears offensive line as a rookie last year. Well, you know. He's playing guard now. He played really well. And, you know, if you think about it, Coach, maybe the guard position for NFC North teams might be more important than your tackle position anyways. If you get what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. If, if you play in NFC North, you have to play in Dominican Sue, who might be the best football player in the world right now. And I mean it, Coach. I honestly mean that. I think he could be the best football player in the world. You better put one of your best players on this kid or else your quarterback is going to get his neck broke. I'm not kidding you. He is going to knock at least one quarterback out for the season. I'll guarantee you. This is He's a weapon. So the Bears better be able to defend uh, defend that kid. The Detroit Lions look dominant right now. The kid is unblockable. Coach, have you seen highlights of Endemic and Sue in the preseason? No. It's, 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 they might have to ban him from the game of football right now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, you think Jerome Harrison is killing people? And Dominican Sue is going to get fined at least a half a mil this season. At least, I'll guarantee it. Chance to be one of the better tackles of all time, I think, huh? Yes, he's, he's going to be, Coach. Okay. I legitimately am, after one year and the progress between last year and this year, yeah, I love the kid last year. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, he's better than I thought he was. I think he's overrated. Outside of the fact he's huge, he's incredibly quick for a big guy, he has great football instincts, and has a streak of mean and can find the football. Outside of that, I think he's pretty overrated. Coach, he, when he grew up in Africa, he was like the best goal scorer on the soccer team. Yeah. Okay, and he plays defensive tackle in the NFL. <laughs> he's quick. He's a large, large, large individual. And he's, and he's supposed to be playing alongside his buddy Nick Farley, who's equally as good. Fairly? No, 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 no. Nick Farley from Auburn yeah. is going to be a very good defensive tackle. But my point NFL. is, when Fairley comes back, it's, it's going to make Ndamukong soon even that more dangerous. Yeah, but he's not—he's not as good as Sue. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I meant Sue's going to be better 
when he gets his uh, fellow starting defensive tackle, they can't completely concentrate on him. So, no, you're right. Though. That's a, a yeah. guarantee. You're 100% right. That's why yeah. the guard position in the NFC North right now is extremely important because of the Detroit Lions. Now, I don't want to put too much into the exhibition season, and uh, we haven't thrown out our phone number here, uh, and we will do so now, 888-463-6748. We probably should have thrown it out a lot sooner, got call, caught up in the religious and uh, theoretical discussions that we had, 888-463-6748, if you want to refute Big Dog's philosophy on how man was created, or <laughs> talk about the Chicago Bears exhibition game number three. Big Dog, is it just me, or have you noticed a difference with uh, Jay Cutler? You know, you know, I've been a pretty negative Cutler guy, attitude, body language, and the way he's performed, but he appears to be more comfortable, more personable, smoother, Everything is just a little bit both off the field and on the field performance personality. Everything is easier right now. He looks a lot better than the first couple of years. You know, Coach, when you work on the fundamentals, everything becomes easier. And this past off season, he worked on footworks while he's rehabbing his knee. He did it by working on his simple fundamental quarterback footwork. And all of a sudden, he's come back and he's got the best footwork of his entire life. Mm-hmm. And he's stepping in the throws. And he's squaring up, which is real important in the NFL considering you're throwing against defensive backs who are the best on the planet and just unbelievably fast. You you have to do things that are perfectly right. I mean, Peyton Manning does it. If Peyton Manning has to do everything perfectly fundamentally sound, I think every other quarterback on the planet should do things fundamentally sound. There's no reason to try to wing it. So it's your attack. Right. So now maybe so he's doing everything fundamentally sound, all of a sudden, Football is coming easier to him, and maybe he's been able to relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. That be it? And again, it's it's you don't want to put too much stock in exhibition season. He can still come out the opening game and throw three interceptions, be back to the old Cutler. But uh, it's just it, it's a good sign. He's a lot more likable. Seems to be he's, he doesn't have something to prove. The edges off. I don't know. It's just a little observation so he, on Cutler. If he if he continues to have good footwork and step into his throws and throw to the open guy, he'll have a great season. He mm-hmm. will. As long okay. as they can protect him, obviously. Okay. Offensive yeah. line has done a, a pretty good job the last uh, couple of games, actually. I think, uh, you know, this this year in the preseason, only one sack against a Bear quarterback. So that's a pretty good thing. Bears did lose, by no, the no, way, 14-13 no, no, no. to 13 oh, to Tennessee. No. In, in the game against the Bills, they gave up nine sacks. Oh, I'm sorry. Since Yeah, you're right. You're right. Only one sack the last two games. You're right. Uh, is it, have they played three games this preseason? Yeah. Okay, that was the third game. Oh, I didn't realize. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to write that first game against the Buffalo Bills. You're absolutely correct. Of course, they got annihilated. But on the bright side, Mark Martz said uh, only six of those nine sacks were the fault of the offensive line. <laughs> Is that what he said? <laughs> yes, that was an actual call. Well, you know, basically that means that the quarterback totally messed up, and that was Caleb. He was basically saying Caleb Haney. Yeah. Messed up is what he was saying. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Sox swept Seattle. Damian Visayedo back with the White Sox. Big no plays his first game. Homer, double, and a walk. It's almost a double-edged sword. If this guy comes out on fire, people are going to blame uh, the White Sox for saying, why the heck didn't you bring this guy up sooner? Why did he have the uh, 167 Adam Dunn hitting in clutch situations? But they swept Seattle. Six games back in Detroit. Real quick, Big Doe, your thoughts on the Sox and their new member? No, no, I love Diane Visayedo last year. This, this kid can flat. All he does is punish the baseball. you got to find a spot from the play. I don't know why they signed Adam Dunn in the offseason in the first spot. 
Okay. I obviously I still when I said it, when they picked him up, I'm like, Pooch, he's gonna drive in a hundred, you know, but you know, they got this Vicedo guy that they already paid for from Cuba. I, I didn't know he was gonna have the worst season in, in the history of Major League Baseball. You know, I mean it really you're exactly right. If you look at the season, this kid would have hit he would have hit two eighty five with thirty homers. He would have. Mm-hmm. And now you're stuck when you've had a guy hit one sixty seven. <laughs> so well, that's that's maybe the story of the season right now. If you look back, and that would have uh, you play a guy like Vicieta, if he would have come up with those statistics, that would have been the difference between six games back and, and neck and neck with the Tigers right now. Oh, absolutely, that's six games difference. It's All without right. question six games difference. And how much difference when you're pitching a Paul Konerko and Adam Dunn's on in the yep. on deck circle? Yep. Paul Konerko right. was probably like, dude, please get a hit. Oh, we got to wrap it up. Fascinating, fascinating show today. We highly encourage people to go to the archives and uh, listen to the show again. In fact, I think if you listen to it backwards, Big Doug, similar to the Beatles album, you might even pick up a few more things. What do you which, think? Which Beatles album, Coach? <laughs> Never mind. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Doug. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Coach. Oh, you will not talk to me on Wednesday, though. No Wednesday. Okay. Know. God bless you. All right. Okay. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job. Thank you out there for listening, everybody. All over the board today. We'll hope to get back on track tomorrow. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. See you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be late. Have a great day.